What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. You made it to the end of the week. Happy Friday. Today is the 28th, May 28th, and uh, it is Deep Dive Friday. So we're going to do a deep dive today like we do every Friday. Now, usually we do a deep dive for uh, one of the games we have coming up this weekend. It's going to be a little bit different today. We're going to do a deep dive for a series, NHL series coming up starting tomorrow, New York Islanders on the road at the Boston Bruins. Now, Boston is the home team. That's why I say on the road. But today we are going to be handicapping the entire seven-game series. So we'll do that on today's podcast. Special thanks to Better Edge online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, like a sports better. Better Edge is changing sports betting because they're allowing you to bet VIG free. I saw like a couple weeks ago for the beginning of the NHL play, or the uh, NBA playoffs, uh, one of the sports books, I think it was points bet, was doing a VIG free thing, right? Lose the VIG, lose the juice, no juice betting, and they were blowing it up, making it seem like the biggest deal in the world. Obviously, that's gone. Obviously, it was like a two-day promotion, but they let everyone know what they think of VIG free betting. They're like, you know, they spent probably millions in advertising letting everyone know, hey, hey, come shop here. You don't have to, you know, pay the VIG. Well, like I said, that's gone. You can't do that anymore at points bet, but you can do that every day for the rest of your sports betting career with Better Edge. So get rid of the VIG, start betting fair and even. But on top of all that, they've got a great social component. They just updated it too. So you got. Uh, a great uh, looking dashboard. You can follow your friends, follow other people, do some smack talking on there, and there's lots of competitions. So check it out, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Use promo code SHARP for a free $10. That's betteredge.com, promo code SHARP. All right, so like I said, Deep Dive Friday, we're going to talk about the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. This series starts tomorrow, and Boston is a heavy, heavy favorite. So right now, the line, the series price is Boston minus 250, New York Islanders plus 210. Uh, In terms of a percentage, because it always magnifies things when we bring this to an actual percentage, in terms of a percentage... If you get rid of the VIG and you just look at what the market thinks of this series, the market has Boston winning about 70% of the time. Think about that. 70% of the time. They're saying New York wins three out of 10 times these teams play. I disagree. My bet today that I'm going to be talking about is New York Islanders plus 210 for the series. Now, before we go any further with exactly why or do any handicaps, it's important to remember I'm not necessarily picking the Islanders to win this series. I think plus 210 is a valuable bet, and I think this provides us with a positive EV. Think about it this way. If you have a bet that's going to pay 10 to 1, okay? You bet $10 to win 100. You bet $1 to win 10, okay? Whatever ratio. You have a bet that pays 10 to 1, but you're going to win that bet one out of every three times, okay? That's a valuable bet. You're going to lose two out of three times. It's a bet that you're actually not expecting necessarily to win because you know you're only going to win that bet one out of every three times. But it's profitable because it pays 10 to 1. So even if you won one out of 10 times, you'd break even. But in this scenario, you'll win one out of three times and it pays 10 to 1. So you're winning 
at a 33% pace. You're not you're you're losing a lot more than you're winning, but the payout makes it valuable. Same thing here. I don't think the Islanders necessarily win this this series. If this were a pick'em and each team were exactly 50% and you had to pay 100 to win 100 on both teams, I may pick Boston. But the price is so juiced up for the Bruins here. I think we have big value on New York. Plus 210 for the series. All right, so let's get to the power rankings. Start off with uh, what I think these teams or where I think these teams are in the NHL. In terms of pure power rankings, I have Boston number three in the league, and I have the Islanders number six in the NHL. So Boston, I do think, is a little bit better, but they're both very good teams, uh, you know, close to elite. When you look at offensive and defensive efficiency numbers, offensive efficiency, Boston Bruins number two in the NHL. New York, number 12 in the NHL. Defensive efficiency, Boston Bruins, number six in the NHL. New York Islanders, number two in the NHL. This season, during the season series, regular season, they've played eight times. New York was five and three. Uh, however, they were five and zero oh with uh, playing Boston without Taylor Hall. And they were 0-3 playing Boston when, when the Bruins had Taylor Hall. So that does mean something. But honestly, when you look at regular season numbers, regular season matchups, I went back and did, you know, like a 10-year little homework project. It doesn't matter what these teams do in the regular season, unless there's some huge glaring advantage like uh you know sometimes you'll get a a team who just has another team's number in the neutral zone or there's some matchups where you can tell some things but generally speaking you don't take regular season what happens in the regular season and apply it to the postseason i mean hell look at the islanders and the and the pittsburgh penguins just uh you know one series ago new york won that series in seven clinched in pittsburgh Yet, during the regular season, the Penguins went 6-2 and two against the Islanders and really dominated them. And that didn't matter at all in the postseason. So, take with a grain of salt everything that happened in the regular season. It's different. Barry Trotz is not going to let this team really play the, the same way. But also, if you look at style of play, the Boston Bruins have much more of a conducive style for the regular season. They open up the ice. They play fast. And the Islanders play much more of playoff-style hockey year-round. And that's going to be a theme on today's handicap is the Islanders have been playing this style that we're going to see them play for the next week, two weeks, all year. Boston is having to slightly change things for the playoffs. All right, let's talk about some goaltenders here because we know how important goalies can be in the playoffs. Uh, Boston, Tukarask, you know, obviously Tukarask is elite. I mean, he's been around for so long. I think he just... Two, three games ago, got the Boston all-time record for postseason wins, and that's a hell of a stat. I mean, the Boston Bruins have, you know, a, a very robust history. So Tuka Rask is a big deal this series. And if we lose this bet, it's going to be because Tuka Rask has an all-time uh, performance. Uh, so he should get to start every game for Boston, no real question there. For New York, it's it's really interesting what's happened with the Islanders this postseason. Semyon Verlamov who was their clear and obvious number one goalie all season long, lost the starting job after game three. He had a really shaky game two, game three. Remember, the start of the series with Pittsburgh, Varlamov didn't play game one because of an injury. And the whole narrative was, oh my God, their starting goalie's out. Can they even compete? Can Ilya Soroka fill in and do his job? And then just a couple games later, Varlamov loses his job to Sorokin. So 
really, you can look at this one of two ways. It's a positive because they have two good goalies, or it's a negative because their starter's out, and now they're crossing their fingers, hoping this young kid, Ilya Sorokin, fills in well. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive. Really, it's a positive because of what goes on in the New York locker room. Part of what I do, part of my job is to understand locker rooms, the good locker rooms, the bad ones, which ones have a high intensity, which ones uh, are, are a lot of friends in the locker room, where's a lot of chaos. Like, this is a regular part of my job. And the New York Islanders, arguably, have the most cohesive locker room in the NHL. You know, not many other goaltending duos, goaltender duos, would handle what happened the way these two goalies have. You know, after, look what happened when they clinched the series against Pittsburgh. The, those two goalies, the post, the, the, the interview after the game, you know, how they're talking about each other, the, the, they embraced each other. You know, Varley goes and gives them a big hug after, after it's all over. And I know sometimes that's just for show. We, you know, not, don't read too much into it, but it's different here. It's different with the Islanders, very cohesive, very, you know, together locker room. So if anything were to happen and Soroka loses his job again and they put Varley back in, that's not a bad thing. That's not a negative. Some teams in some situations, that would be a very bad thing, but not with the Islanders. Uh, defensively, we talked about defense earlier, and defense is going to be important in this series because it's the playoffs. You know, it's a little bit more physical, a little bit more intense. The ice tightens up. The the referees stop blowing their whistle as much. So when you look at defense, it means so much in the playoffs. And frankly, both the Islanders and the Bruins play very, very good defense. But let's start off with the Islanders because they don't necessarily have a dominating defense because they've got a, a roster packed with all this amazing defensive talent. They more do it because the way they play, the style, the system. And really, if you ask me, when Barry Trotz came over from Washington to, to New York and installed this kind of a system, this has been a completely different team. They've been one of the most under-the-radar best teams in the NHL since then. So really, it's not any one player. You look at their defense, you know, obviously their first line, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, two good players, but it's, again, more the system. It's more about their forwards getting back. It's more about the whole team helping out defensively than any great defensive player. As I said, Pellick and Pulak on the first line, good first line. Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield, second line, very solid but it is more about the team. Now, if you look at their regular season numbers, goals allowed per game, the Islanders were second in the NHL, 2.23 goals allowed per game, and their penalty kill, number six in the league at 83.7%. Boston is a little bit different. Less of a system and more of uh, you know talented players who are able to play in an open ice. So it is more open, it is more spaced out, and it is faster up and down, but Boston still finds a way to get, you know, get it done defensively. And their first line, I mean, very good. If you look at the, the power play, you know, usually you get players scattered across the defense for the power play. Like for the Islanders, uh, their first line power play defender, which there's only one defender for each line, their first line has Noah Dobson on it, and he's on their third line, you know, just, just regular, five on five. So he's on the third defensive line, but he's on the first power play line. And uh, Nick Letty is on the second defensive line for New York and the second power play line. Well, Boston, both of their first line players are, are on each power play. 
Uh, Matt, uh, oh, Charlie McAvoy is on the first uh, power play unit, and then Matt uh, Grizzlick is on the second power play unit. So that's the real difference is a lot of their offense is front stacked for Boston, and when they do get those guys involved offensively, McAvoy, Grizzlick, even you know Brandon Carlo, they can be very effective. So it's a different style. It's a different system. Boston, honestly, probably has a little bit more talented players, but when you play a whole system like New York does, the defense seems to add up a little bit more, especially in the playoffs. However, Boston's got some good numbers defensively in the regular season. Goals allowed per game, number four in the NHL, 2.39, and their penalty kill is great. They're number two on the penalty kill at 86%. Offensively, Boston, we know how good they can be, and they're a much, much different team since they got Taylor Hall. So really, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to look at full season stats for Boston. They're a better team since they made those trades. However, I do think it's important to know Again, we mentioned this earlier, the style will really benefit the Islanders. If you look at shots on goal per game, Boston was third in the NHL this year for shots on goal per game. Now, that's a good stat in the regular season, but come postseason, when the game slows down, gets more physical, you're going to simply have less shots on goal. So Boston is a team who's used to creating chances by putting the puck on net, getting rebounds, creating stuff in front of the net, creating chances in front of the goalie. That's what Boston does. When New York takes that away and starts choking out that offense, and they're going to have to create high-quality chances instead of just peppering the net, that's going to benefit the Islanders this series rather than Boston. Now, I mentioned Boston, third in the NHL in shots on goal per game. The Islanders are 21st in that same category. So the Islanders are used to winning without getting a lot of shots on goal, without... Uh, you know, creating all these different chances by peppering the net. They create high quality chances by playing the style they do. And on top of that, really interesting, if you look at penalties against or penalties drawn, how many penalties are called uh, against the, the opponents when these teams play, Boston has drawn 160 penalties this year. That's average. It's about 16th in the NHL. The Islanders, however, are almost dead last in the NHL. 144 penalties drawn. They're 28th. So again, New York is used to this style. They don't get a lot of penalties called uh, against their opponents, so they're not on a power play a lot. They play very tight defensively. They try and close the ice up, and they're used to this. So New York has played this style all season long. Boston, they may be a better team, but they're having to change the way they play. And overall, do I think Boston's a better team? Probably slightly. They're number three in my power rankings, and the Islanders are number six. But when you look at the price this game, with Boston minus 250, the Islanders plus 210, I just see value on the Islanders. And what this also gives us an opportunity to do is, like we did in the NBA, if you guys listen to the NBA shows, with the Dallas Mavericks, we had them before the series started, and now we have a chance to, to guarantee a profit. We can do the same thing here. If you make a bet on the Islanders, they come out win game one, this is all going to change. All these you know series-long prices will change. So we're giving ourselves an opportunity to work something out in the future as well. So best bet, New York Islanders plus 210 for the series. All right, that does it for today's show. Good luck, whatever you guys have going on today, tonight. Hope you cash some winners, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning on The Sharp Angle.